This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 365. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode, it's your second summer series episode of the week. Continuing our week's long series looking at the ones. This episode is covering 1981 and the first episode where we're tackling three films going head to head. On this episode, you will be seeing The Howling face off against The Evil Dead facing off against Friday the 13th Part 2. It's a really fun recording this one because all the hosts be gunning on different things and where will the chips fall? Also, there is another double vote up for grabs on one of the hosts on this episode so yeah you're gonna have to agonize through this recording to find out what made it through and uh, yeah you'll find out on the other side catching up with where we are under the stairs this is the second episode of the week coming tomorrow you will be getting 1991 as done by the summer series then on thursday movie club we will be dropping our movie announcement for the final stop on the Steve Miner series that we've been doing. Very much looking forward to getting into that with a final pick. Close now. Well, it's been a really fun series of four movies before next month we tackle another four movies on another suitably interesting, maybe lesser appreciated director. Then, on Friday, you'll be getting 2001 and then dropping on Sunday, 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 we'll be making a stop at the 88 Films Italian Collection series. Nothing coming from the Teapots Collective this week. Uh, normal scheduled content resuming hopefully next week with an episode of Chronicle. And that's your lot all caught up. So ladies and gents, allow me to introduce you to a summer series episode. Welcome you all to the podcast Under the Stairs, but most importantly, welcome you to 1981. You see that crap? All that horror crap? Things coming out of crates and eating people? Dead people coming back to life, people turning into weeds, for Christ's sake. Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and... Tonight, I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! <laughs> Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by the simple act of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe! 
life eternal. As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. What do you want? By this simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's got Nars! Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Dad, hey, Dad, where the hell is Arts Pro? God damn, motherfucker got blood all over my best clown suit. <laughs> You stupid bitch, you fucking slut! Did you fuck with me? Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut up his legs. And his arm. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So, it's another summer series recording. This is 1981. We're doing the ones all this week. Yesterday, we did 1971. Please go and check out that episode. We have returning guests all this week, and it is a bit of a dream team for sure. So, let's get into introductions of them. Much more brief than Monday's episode, but uh, no less sweet. Uh, I do enjoy introducing these fine folks. Joining me, of course, are Jamie J. Sammons. How's it going, Jamie? Going pretty well. <laughs> yeah, like, this year does. <laughs> you, <laughs> there was a delay there. I was like, Jamie's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> no, I was happy with the last. <laughs> I might leave after We'll see. We will find out. We will find out where this goes. There's one here that's an obvious Jamie movie. Um... And I'll leave it to the listeners to guess what one that is. Um, also joining us on this episode, Dave Z. How's it going, Dave? Hey, great to be back. Yeah. Big, big, big show today. Oh. Uh, let me just say, it's going to be a real kick in the balls. <laughs> it really is. I'm expecting to be brokenhearted, even with the power that I have. So... Yeah, we'll you've see. got double votes on this episode, so mm -hmm. like, your votes count as two. So we will see. Uh, we'll see if that has any swear impact on Mr. Watson. How's it going, Watson? Hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. I, I'm high on uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> cracking rocks and coke drugs. Yeah, that's from yesterday. You've just carried yes, that from over. last episode <laughs> from, from the '70s. From the but it's the '80s now more potent stuff as you need to watch this about to be I, a war in it. all i do is whiskey i don't do anything fun wait whiskey's fun what am i talking about like <laughs> honorary scotsman yeah she's like, she's like <laughs> you that's what you just said there is the the kind of is the podcast recording equivalent of spitting in my mouth and telling me to enjoy it <laughs> i didn't ask for that spit watson i didn't ask for it <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> joining us rounding out this episode is of course the phenomenal jerry herring how's it going jerry oh i'm good i am just here to see the bloodbath <laughs> battle between jamie and dave Lee. <laughs> that is all and watson and yeah. watson dude it's and gonna too. be a battle royale up oh in no I, I know what jamie's picking i know what dave's picking i don't know what watson's picking i don't know what duncan's oh. picking oh so i'm ready to see uh the the blood just flow <laughs> out of mouth with spittle yeah. as we just take cover and yeah. mountains move and rivers <laughs> quake under the absolute fury that is a jamie versus dave z this could be amazing like this has the potential like i, I will be honest there's of the, all the recordings this week there's only one year that i'm like yeah i've got i've got my pick the rest of them i uh, it's not that i i i don't i'm not passionate about them that would be a lie i obviously have ones i would like to see over other ones but not to the point that i'm like we will burn this fucking show down i'm not that way at all but there is like regardless which we will land on this episode there are going to be factions of the listenership and internet <laughs> and horror population in general that are going to be pissed and we just have to deal with that, and hopefully the wind is pointing in their faces. They get right well, in Duncan, faces. can I ask you something? Uh, yes. You know, on last episode, we, we did 71, mm -hmm. and, you know, I you were on that show, and uh, obviously, since you're on all of them, yes. how did you feel about the top two, the existing top two, and then how the winner of that, the uh, of last episode, the number three figures Ooh. in there? Uh, so, yeah, I would have, like, because it's probably worth, like, spending a just a small section here on context like the 70s run yeah. was the in, the initial run that i did and the plan was only to do that a decade and no more so it was like a, it's almost ah. like a failed experiment in that there was only two hosts on that myself and a guest uh and yeah. we both picked five movies and it, it kind of came down to like for the most part you get one i get one um bo was on that episode bo loves daughters of darkness and mm. kind of taught me into where i was leaning towards actually the two movies that we had as our picks i had both mario and bava we know and why it was so horny yeah it's a, a <laughs> horny boy episode um the devils we both sided on because dude, i think we both love that movie equally but I, yeah i would have had if i'm honest i would have had four flies and gray velvet and i would have had a bay of blood above doors of darkness if i'm honest mm. but um time is a cruel mistress and uh, I don't always get my way on these recordings, as the listeners are, are there's many, several thousand hours. <laughs> of, of you me, not getting your way? Yeah, of me not getting my way, <laughs> even when it's just myself, Watson. It's just me oh, not you mean Tenebrae? Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a different show. Uh, that's a different oh show. Uh, yeah. uh, well, well Duncan, one more question yeah. before we move on. Uh, regarding this top two yeah, uh, top for three. this year. Top three. Well, uh, yeah. Fair enough. How did you feel about the existing top um, films for well, yeah, this let's, year? Let's get into that one. So mm -hmm. the top two movies for 1981 were The Beyond, which... Like, one of my favourite movies ever fucking made. Um, <laughs> and An American Werewolf in London, which, once again... It's kind of unimpeachable. So, like, like mm -hmm. I kind of feel like the, those two at the top, uh, the American Werewolf in London feels like the obvious pick, um, and the Beyond is the one that I would have pushed very hard for because I fucking love it. Um, nice. On any given day, I think it's Filchy's best movie, which I know upsets huge parts of the internet, but once again, don't care. Um, so, yeah, I like, absolutely 
absolutely love it so yeah in the case of this one by putting those two movies through like 1981 is a murderer's row oh my of God. horror movies oh, it is fucking ridiculous how many here and we've managed to because i tried to keep us on track there's only one space there's only five hosts on this recording originally planned to be six but there's no point of us bringing like eight movies here because if e each of us voted for one movie individual that's still two movies that ain't getting a vote so i chopped them down i forced you to chop them down and where we ended up here was friday the 13th part two the evil dead which i think that's still the one that upsets a lot of people um and the howling which i can't think who may have picked the howling <laughs> Try to think there was a podcast right there. Uh, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, hmm, we'll have to get into that. Um, only we had a werewolf expert on the show with us. Uh, maybe we can be that. Uh, yeah, so like that's that's where we're landing on this one. But I'll be honest with you, like the, I have them ordered in my head of how I would order them in terms of my favourites going through. But I think all three movies have their own special quality. Um, I think a case can be made, and I will use that at the end uh, as to where I'm leaning, but I'm not going to lose sleep if any of these movies make the third spot. I think they're all worthy for sure. So um, what I'm saying is you don't have to... I'm going to go with the majority on this one. Um, so just don't fuck it up. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, right, let's get, let's get into it then. Um, that like Jerry has already given us the best setup ever. If there isn't actual blood on this episode, I'm going to be hugely disappointed. Um, so let's start with the movie that has a shitload of blood in it. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, directed by Steve Miner. We're currently looking at Steve Miner as our kind of focus on the four-part uh, series for uh, Movie Club at the moment. And what I've loved about doing this is people. Or, or like Steve Miner, he only did like the Friday the 13th movies, didn't he? And he did like House. And I'm like, yeah, he did more than that. He also did like Halloween H2O. Granted, it's a movie that I don't like. But he did Lake Placid. People like Lake Placid. Oh, yeah, he by the way, he also, also did, he also did Warlock, which I fucking he love. He also is the person to try to do an American Godzilla movie in the 90s. I did early not 90s. know that. And his script was decent. The sculpt by Stan Winston was fucking good. Um, he tried. He shopped it around. He failed. And then, unfortunately, we <laughs> gave it to Independence Day directors. And uh, we got fucked. Come with me. Da, 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 I mean, that song's da, da, a jam. Da, da, but, you know, da, da, Jimmy da, da. Page fucks 14-year-olds, so I don't really yeah. listen to it anymore. <laughs> Moving on, ladies and gents. Um, Friday the 13th Part 2, directed by Steve Miner, written by Ron Kurtz. Victor Miller, Miller obviously created the characters, and Sean S. Cunningham created the characters as well. Synopsis for this one, five years after the events of the first film, a summer camp next to the infamous Camp Crystal Lake is preparing to open, but the legend of Jason is weighing heavy on the proceedings. Cast in here, Betsy Palmer through flashbacks, Amy Steele, John Fury, Adrian King, Kristen Baker, Stuart Charno, Washington, uh, Warrington, not Washington, Warrington Gillett, and uh, Steve Dash. Uh, a little bit of the, the trivia on this one, as uh, as mentioned by myself earlier on, and not picked up on the trivia here. This movie is actually on the tier three video nasties list. As in, if the police saw it in your shop, they'd just take it away. And it was burned in a big, like, pyre. Uh, you know, like the Nazis did with books, not that I'm conflating the two, but 
interesting how that happens when people don't want you to have stuff oh yeah we did that with harry potter books in america yeah i mean i, I rightly so <laughs> expelliarmus to the harry well potter no books. we should have she stole the name harry potter from troll you can't just take a name she stole a lot <laughs> she stole a lot from a lot of things movie um, <laughs> ever and just give it to some fucking boy in your book yeah I mean, there's a lot of words to be said about J.K. Rowling, but we'll save that for another podcast. Um, so Jason in this movie is dressed to look exactly the same as a hooded burlap sap killer from the town that dreaded Sunday, which came out in 1976. The only difference is that the burlap sack he wears has only one eye hole and his shirt has a slightly different plaid pattern. Um, the first Jason scene in the movie is a shot of Jason's legs walking across the street towards Alice's house. This is the only time in the series that Jason was actually played by a woman. Uh, the legs are Ellen L Lutter's um, and she was the film's costume designer. Following the release of Friday the 13th in 1980, Adrian King had numerous encounters with an obsessive fan. The situation, situation escalated into a stalker case and she decided to avoid any further acting opportunities. She has not only... Uh, she, sorry, she has not done any on-screen work uh, in film since, but has done voiceover work on several films for more than 15 years later. Um, and yeah, a shot of the infamous double impalement was cut to avoid an X rating. Yet a gory still photo of the censored shot appears on the back of the video cassette box. The footage of the censored portion was finally recovered in 2020 from an old VHS of the ghost shots that Carol Fullerton kept in his portfolio and was included on the Screen Factory deluxe collection of those films. The plot of part two shocked most of the people associated with the film. Betsy Palmer, Tom Savini and Sean Cunningham have all made public remarks about how stupid it was that Jason was alive the whole time. And if he was, then why didn't he just tell his mother that he was alive and it would have avoided all the murders in part one. Listen, if we're going to just start picking apart things in horror movies, there's nothing left. Don't take it away from us, Sean S. Cunningham. Cunt. Um, anyway, right. right. <laughs> Let's... Let's get into this. I get the feeling that battle lines are going to be drawn very, very quickly. So I am not going to go first here. I want to, I want to get those battle lines drawn nice and fast. So uh, let's start by handing to Dave Z. Thoughts on Friday the 13th Part 2. Ah, oh, man. Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> I mean, now I'll have to try to keep it brief here. I mean, to me... This is my favorite franchise. This is my favorite movie of this franchise. I think this is the greatest slasher of the 80s, period. Mm -hmm. Extremely influential. We have the, the perfect blend of kids, the, the fun dialogue. It, it, it improved in almost every way on the original, I believe. And then you have Ginny, who, you know, literally, uh, my little girl is sitting right next to me on this pillow, my little black cat, Ginny. So, mm -hmm. named after this woman in this movie. Uh, th there's a reason this movie has a cult following. I think part two really has, like, a following that other ones don't have. And it's, you know, you got the sackhead Jason. I think it's the scariest look. And speaking of scares, jump scares in the end and the final chase, there's not another one like it. There, there are, like, four or five legitimate great jump scares, and they work. And it's just... 
it's just so much fun. It's too bad the gore got cut. Although, mm. you know, we have seen some of it restored now, but you know, it is what it is. But man, to me, this is what a slasher movie is just supposed to be. This is a representation of this is all you want to see in a slasher movie. And I just, I don't know. I don't think it was surpassed in the eighties. I just think that it's, it's a lot of fun. It gives you what you want in a slasher. And I'm just going to try to keep it brief there. I mean, the, the confrontation at the end, you've never seen that again. You've never seen that with someone mm -hmm. trying to reason with the killer in a slasher movie like this. And, and you know, Ginny's theologies, even the, the talking when they're having in the bar and her talking about him going along, that's typically not what you see in a slasher movie. It's, you know, most of the time, you don't know who the killer is till the end, and then there's a reveal. Why were they the killer? And they, they do it backwards. In this movie, they start at the beginning, they tell you, hey, and they had that great fireside chat, you know, the legend of Jason, you know, blah, 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 and all that great stuff. And then it turns out to be true. It's just done in a different way. And I just think, you know, the soundtrack, the look of it, and it's just a lot of fun. And to me, it, yeah, it's, I'm going to stop. It's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> movie. Cause here's the thing. I know I'm going to be disappointed. I know even with the double votes, I'm, I'm going to keep it down because see me, I don't think that I have a chance. I really don't think Jamie has a chance. It's it has nothing to do with me and Jamie. Oh. I think we're we're both the dogs. There's the obvious one out there, and I just think that that's going to be so hard to fight against. And let me say, I love these movies. I love all three of these movies that are in this thing. Uh, I was speaking of the top hundred I'm doing. Two are definitely in the top twenty. Yeah. And the other one is is in contention for my hundred. So I'm very passionate about all these movies. 1981 is a great year, probably mm -hmm. the best year, in my opinion. It's my favorite year of horror. So, man. But, yeah, Friday 2, I'm not going to say anything else. Somebody help me out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all. I, I love the passion. That's what it's all about. I, I will say at this point in the recording proceedings, there is not a Friday the 13th movie represented at all in the summer series at the end. So. Right. Oh, see, dude, I forgot to address that. The, the, yeah. The, the miscarriage of justice yep. that was done in the 80s. I wasn't on the 80s. I came in the 90s. I remember really. listening to these shows. I might have even been messaging people. Yeah. I was pissed <laughs> off at what happened in 1980. I was pissed off yeah. about 1981. I had. I said, you know what? What's the matter with these people? And yeah. now here's my one shot. You're one, you're one shot <laughs> to set the balance right. Dave and I don't want to put any pressure on anyone else but that's the current standings right now also want to say currently as it stands there is no Evil Dead movie in in the uh, in the end list either however both Evil Dead are on this episode and we have Evil Dead 2 represented on that year as well within the summer series for contention so there is a chance that maybe Wait, one or both Go through how many, to the how final. Many howling scene. movies have made it through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will be honest with you. There's only one uh, that has been discussed that's on this episode. Howling Seven: The Dancing. Yep. <laughs> oh God. Needs to be on some list. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know if it's this list. It's yeah, I, some I, list. As, I like the one where they prove that Australia actually exists as a country. Yep. Uh, even though we all know that's New World Order propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find on a map um so yeah like right so in terms of like friday 13 part two dave I, I mean i can't like disagree with anything you've said there i fucking adore this movie it's one of the reasons i built the steve minor four part thing i'm doing 
as a runner there was to give me a chance basically to discuss this movie again um yeah i think it's i think it's brilliant i think it, it you know that first movie sets the tone and the template for what basically everyone is kind of going to try and copy um for the next couple of years very very similar to without like name dropping Argento again very much like Bird for the, uh, with the Crystal Plumage set out basically the template of how to do those movies for the next three or four years in popularity this does this you know this is like taking that ball but making it more interesting putting its own spin on it um, not only is it more violent but I love the like Jason like th this is the one that I remember when I first saw it, like actually really being scared of Jason and I saw them mm -hmm. mostly out of order as a kid so I would have seen by this point, I would have seen Kane Hodder uh, as Jason, um, and then came with this, and just him running through the woods with that sack on is terrifying. Uh, like, just, like, this is really, really unsettling, and just not cool. Um, I love the deaths in this. I love the characters in this as well. I have, a, a, like, a lot of time for 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 the setups and deliveries. Um, not that I want to put any kind of favouritism on spin. It's maybe my favourite recording I've ever done with the Baz was on this one here, um, where he got absolutely fixated with black satin panties um, to a way which I just didn't think any man could. Um, but yeah, he was like completely obsessed, which made me obsessed with him as well. So I'm now seeking help for that. Um, yeah, I'd like this to me is like as everything levels up. The score's cool, the death's cool, uh, Jason's evil and gnarly and not quite at that complete unstoppable level but starting to build towards it i also like the way we close this one i i, I like the you know the, the finding the head and the you know putting on the the jumper and all. I, I i like all that i think all that works here i i just I'm like i'm like i'm a mark for this franchise it's my favorite franchise jason's my favorite slasher killer so you never really have to twist my arm that much if at all to kind of rip for one of these movies to go through so yeah Duncan, like, well, I, I have a i have a question for you you have a question for me go what did it. you say about black satin panties <laughs> brown Vicky. brown brown <laughs> satin panties okay i was making sure because i was like did he say black I'm no sure they brown were brown, brown. bazzy's exact words were shit colored monstrosities um <laughs> That's his exact description of them. Harsh. Um, um, so yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I'd like. There, I'd like there, you have to understand. <laughs> you have to wear the color of what you're gonna be protected. You're on your period, wear red. Oh, you're gonna do <laughs> anal with a handicapped guy. You do brown. Yeah. It's see, women are smarter than us. They yeah. think ahead about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I'm. I'm. I'm totally on board with everything. Let's go to you, though, you Jerry. Where, where are you with this? What, what, what are you thinking here? Because you are like myself. You are the 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 audience participating in the the viewing of the battle here. Where do you stand on Friday the Thirteenth Part Two? It is my second favorite in the franchise. It would probably be the first if it wasn't for that fucking intro. Yeah, the <laughs> you don't like this. second biggest mistake since letting a guy named Adam direct a movie in the franchise <laughs> is adding the entire fucking Adrian intro with Sackhead Jason just walking down the street, stepping in fucking puddles and, and, and going and killing this girl. I'm not going to ask, you know, how the fuck did he get that info? How does he even... Uh, he, he can't read. It's not like he found a fucking phone book. Um, 
Maybe ask for directions. <laughs> maybe, was... maybe, maybe did a Terminator 2? Have you seen this girl? <laughs> Just oh, yeah, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, there's a, there's a short that I've been trying to make for like 20 years. I've just never done it. Uh, that's uh, Friday the 13th, 1.5. And it actually show the, the idea is Jason is walking around with a hand-drawn picture of Alice just showing it and it's very it's like stick figurey like that bad and he goes into stores and he like holds up the picture and then, and that the entire idea behind that film is how he found Alice and there's like there's like it's not like it says have you seen her or anything no, he can't he just, fucking write he just, nope, he just shows the stick figure picture one. yeah <laughs> I like the beginning so there oh. I love it so anyway, I fucking hate that. Um, <laughs> while I understand why most people think Sackhead Jason is the scariest, the problem is, uh, and Jamie can back me up, uh, being from the South, seeing people walk around with sacks on their head Yikes. is actually pretty common. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Not for my skin color. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I gotta tell you, I, I, I have been genuinely terrified a couple of times in my life, and that was when I came across that, and yeah. it just is a horrifying sight. I just I want, I just to, want to stress sure... here that the word clan means something completely different in Scotland. Just, just, just <laughs> Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had to make sure that I got a joke in that was if not more as offensive as my Polanski jokes from uh, a while back. Yeah, uh, it's still reverberating the internet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do, one of my favorite things about this movie is something Dave slightly hit on, but the fact that, that uh, Jenny talks about in the bar mm. her like interest in the psychological side of the, the myth of Jason mm -hmm. and then coming back to use that at the end is what separates like this movie from a lot of other movies in the slasher where they explain the lore yeah they have someone who obviously shows an interest in uh the psychology of it and then they use that psychology yeah. at the end most movies either pull something out of their ass or they do just the basic uh like run away and just happen to get lucky or whatever yeah but this is what makes her one of the greatest final girls in all of final girl history um and if it wasn't just for my like pure enjoyment of part four and the terrible intro of part two those would be like flip-flopped in my tops nice so scoring wow. high let's turn it all across to mr watson yeah like dave said uh i I'm, I'm right there with him this is my favorite in the friday franchise and is also my favorite 80 slasher uh it exists in a strange and peculiar sweet spot within the scheme of the series where we're being introduced to the icon that is Jason Voorhees before he was iconic. All the things that the masses know Jason for, his mask, his status as an unstoppable undead killer, his slow 
moving, intimidating presence. These things weren't written in stone yet. They weren't, th that wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Here in part two, Jason doesn't have the mask. He hasn't died yet, hasn't been resurrected yet. He actually runs around. Uh, this is a different beast altogether, and it's the perfect, like, one-off film for this Jason, who within two movies' time it will become larger than life. Uh, I, I don't know that people appreciate this entry for what it truly is. I think they are now, but, you know, it's... But having said that, you know, I'll, um, having put it out there that this is my favorite in the franchise, I will admit that from a story perspective, this film's very existence is a little bit of a cheat. From an artistic perspective, it's a it's a cash grab. Uh, the transition from the first movie to this one is messy, and if you're, if you're being honest, it, it's kind of bad. Uh, as a viewer, you have to make these incredible leaps of logic to make that work, and that's a little bit of a bummer. Now, I acknowledge that. Uh, and then I kind of, I don't care. I, yeah. don't, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. I, I still love the hell out of this movie. It's got the perfect setting and atmosphere. Uh, yeah, J Jerry said it, you know, perfect. Yeah. Ginny's and yeah, Dave, Ginny's my, my favorite ever. She, the way she uses the psychology, I'm about it, about it. Uh, the cast is fantastic. Uh, stellar kills. The Mark kill is my favorite. Uh, I just, mm -hmm. I love the hell out of that. It's fun. It's sexy, hilarious at times. Uh, the, the, the franchise uh, the franchise still takes itself seriously at this point. So it, it is actually scary. And I appreciate that. You know, this is a special entry in the Friday series that deserves as much love as it can get. And I couldn't be happier to see it on this list. Jamie, final thoughts on Friday the 13th part two. Uh, I'm going to about Jason. Mm. <laughs> What's going on here? He's my... <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's my boy uh, people who know us know that brian and i met on a friday the 13th he proposed on friday the 13th we got married on friday the 13th i am recording right now from my bedroom which is friday the 13th themed everywhere i look there is jason or something from friday the 13th i love this franchise uh, it is my number one franchise. Jason is my number one killer. It it, uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. That being said, uh -oh. <laughs> the second one is not my favorite. And it's not that I don't like it. I love it. But it's probably my fourth favorite in the series. And that, but it also has my favorite character in the. Um, I, it, so I, this is hard. It's very, it's very hard for me. I have a lot of love here. And this is the one year that while people who know me will, will say, well, we know exactly what she's going to do. <laughs> uh, and I don't believe that. I, <sighs> it's hard. It's really, this is the one year that um, gives me, I, I, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it uh, just because, well, I, um, I, I like, uh, everybody knows what I love, but I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not fooling myself here. Uh, I'm not stupid. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky that we have an American werewolf in London. What are the odds that I'm going to get the, well, I mean, arguably the two best werewolf movies ever made, mm. but <sighs> If it comes down, I'll, I'll just say, if it comes down to Friday being there, I'm, I'm not going to be mad about it because I, I do love it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to fight, but I, I'm not going to be mad. 
Interesting. Well, let's let's keep this conversation a rolling um, right into our next movie, a little unheard of movie called The Evil Dead, written and directed by Sam Raimi. Synopsis for this one is five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh possessing demons. This one stars Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandweiss, Richard Manicor potentially. Sounds alright. Betsy Baker and some other folks. Let's not spend a huge amount of time on that. Uh, some trivia for this one. Um, at the end of a normal day of shooting, Bruce Campbell will return home in the back of a pickup truck because he was covered in fake blood from head to toe. He ain't sitting in the front seat with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, have them in the front seat. Um, Andy Granger, a friend of Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, gave them this advice. Fellas, no matter what you do, keep the blood running down the screen. They included the scene in the finished film where blood run, runs down the projector screen as a tribute to him. And the blood is a combination of caro syrup, non-dairy creamer and red food colouring. At one point, Bruce Campbell's shirt that he wears in the film was so saturated with fake blood that after drying it by the fire, the shirt became solidified and broke when he tried to put it back on. There's literally a million bits of trivia for here, so I just picked the first couple that I could copy and paste into the document. <laughs> so there's no particular order. Uh, if you're like, you missed the most obvious bit of trivia, Duncan, that's because I wasn't scrolling. Um, I get well, the let's be honest. Yeah. Everyone knows every bit of trivia yeah. ever because Evil Dead is the most documented fucking horror movie yeah. of all time. There's quite a few out there. I mean, it's, 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 it's well covered. It's what we're saying very much like Bruce Campbell's shirt. Um, okay, so we we get a feeling that we know where battle lines are going to be drawn. And I hadn't considered this, but are, are we seeing by Jerry's setup here that you are coming in guns a-blazing, Mr. Watson, for the Evil Dead? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, yeah, here's the thing, like... Listeners of my shows know that of all the horror franchises, Evil Dead's my favorite. And of all the horror icons, it's none of the killers. It's it's Ash Williams. Uh, he's my number one. He's my he's my boy. Groovy. And we, we horror veterans, we we horror veterans take take it in stride like it ain't no thing. But it cannot be said enough that this film is legendary. Everyone copied off of Raimi's homework after this, and with good reason because this is the movie that gave us the cabin in the woods horror subgenre. It was revolutionary, the first of its kind. And much like Friday 2, this film exists in a peculiar sweet spot within the context of its own franchise. This is Ash Williams before he was Ash Williams. Yeah. He wasn't the icon yet. He wasn't the quotable badass whose life has been spent battling it out with the forces of evil yet. He's just some dude, some uh, poor bastard in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's all he is. And hell, if you do the mental exercise of imagining you're watching this movie right as it came out, brand new to you if you take out the other movies the series and all the games ash actually dies at the end of this fucking movie i mean mm. think about how bold and subversive that shit is i love that also you know let's not forget this you know uh, as far as video nasties go uh this one wasn't prosecuted like many of the others that much i do know thankfully but you know while we're all used to the fact that this do you movie know why just, it wasn't it, do you know why it wasn't prosecuted? Oh, well, tell it tell it so it was on the list like this one was like this one was on the bad list uh, and Sam Raimi yeah. actually flew over and represented himself in the court 
in the like UK. in Germany. Yeah, like literally came across, sat in the courts in the UK to have it removed from the list, which it duly was. Oh, so he well, did the work, and the law didn't Germany. Win. No, there was some shit with Germany. The German courts were doing something crazy with this movie, or the tried German to. German courts do a lot of crazy things when it comes to movies. Well, for a country that the German like... courts do <laughs> a lot of crazy that... things when it comes to <laughs> yeah. uh, certain producers of movies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and mm. agents, and uh, no, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't prosecuted, and it's just you know. This movie exists freely in our lives these days, but it's important to remember that this was a wildly controversial movie in its yeah. day. So what we have here is a film that launched the careers of Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and the Coen brothers, among others. Mm -hmm. It spawned a beloved franchise. It gave us one of the most iconic horror protagonists ever created. It delivered the blood, the gore, and all the transgressive content that got it banned all over. And uh, this is just a bunch of 20-year-old kids making a low-budget movie out in the woods. I mean, can you imagine that? It's lightning in a bottle. This is the very definition of that. And as you all know, I mean, this, like Jerry said, this is in you, you Duncan. It's, it's such a document, well-documented movie. Yeah. I could I could talk for days about this movie. But I, I do know that at least with, with Jamie and Dave, I know this is also a very high movie for them as well, despite the fact that we've got Dave's, well, and my favorite slasher in one corner. We've got, you know, the other great werewolf movie in the other corner. And then this one, I know you both think this is a 10. And so it's like, uh, and, and I'm right there with you, except I, this is my 10. So yes, I, I won't say anymore. Like, like Dave said, when you know, Dave, we, like when you were talking Friday too, I, I know you a million things must've been coming to your head and you could say them all it's happening to me right now. So I'm going to step right. back and, but this is, this is my jam right here. So the battle lines are splitting funny ways right now. Right. Let's go to Jerry Herring, evil dead. I just realized I feel like no one has a clue what I'm going to pick. Um, no. I also think that no one has a clue what I'm going to pick. So, which no, is I have the, no the, idea what you guys no. think. Which is the best position to be in because now they have to be nice to us, Jerry. That's true. Um, I'm always nice to you guys. <laughs> first off, <laughs> Evil Dead is better than Evil Dead 2. <gasps> Yay! Yes! Um, if you think Yay! Otherwise, um, fuck your bitch and the click you claim. <laughs> um, Evil Dead 1 is one of the greatest horror movies to ever grace your screen. It oh. is dark, it is gritty, it is everything you want. If you had sex with Evil Dead, oh dear. go on. <laughs> you would cry yourself to sleep for the rest of your life, and your husband would have to get you. Or wife, whatever, yep. would have to get you therapy because you can't tell them that you had the greatest night of your life and it wasn't with them. <laughs> that is something that is going to affect your life. And that is Evil Dead. There are no imperfections. If you say there are, you're fucking wrong. You're just wrong. There, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Perfect 10 out of 10. Um, if you don't understand that it's because you don't understand cinema you think citizen kane is more important than the 1933 movie king kong and you shouldn't be allowed to give your opinions uh <laughs> anywhere in this world king kong. so um yeah i think i've made my case king kong ain't got shit on me um well, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean 
I, I, I adore this movie. Um, I saw this one when I was very, very, very young on a ripped VHS bootleg um, because of its aforementioned status on the nasties. Um, so it's technically what we would class as a tier two video nasty. So it, it wasn't. It was put up for prosecution, but they fought against it. So then it ended up on the second tier list, uh, which still gave it notoriety. So it was essentially on the original seventy nine. Um, and uh, 72 sorry and I yeah I I had never seen anything like this still to this day I've seen like like Watson said like many replicas of this but it, it never has the look and feel that you know the right the, the right taste the right smell of the evil dead I, I think it's 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 such a unique vision that I can understand why people couldn't get their head around it. I can also understand why so many people fell in love with it so hard because you just weren't conditioned. Well, there was people out there that didn't realise they needed something like this in their lives then. They got it and they didn't want to let it go. Um, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely incredible movie. Unlike some of the views on here, I do prefer the second one over the first one. Um, to me, I, I, I like a little bit more of that slapstick. But there's no arguing, this is it's a perfect horror movie. I mean, it's absolutely fucking incredible. Front to back. Ah, and it may or may not make the third spot. So just keep that in your mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, it upset a whole hell of a lot of people when it didn't make the second spot. Um, but them's the breaks. Uh, I, I do, I do love the beyond, uh, and I will stick with that. Um, <laughs> Jamie, see what Jamie says. Okay. Um, first of all, as far as sex with the Evil Dead goes, uh, ten out of ten would recommend. Nice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine, you know, back when V, like when you can only get movies on VHS and they were covering cardboard. Like, imagine how many copies I went through because it just got messy. But. <laughs> oh, shit. As to Watson, you're absolutely right. This is a 10. This is one of my all-time favorite films of any genre. Uh, you know, I don't know why I even bother saying that, because all of my favorite films are horror. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, it, it, that just goes without saying. But this film had such an indelible impression on, upon me when I was very young, and I watched it with my best friend, and to this day, I can start giggling and she will cover her ears and tell me to shut up because she, if I start doing that, she gets freaked out. And then she, the first night we watched it, like neither of us could sleep. We were just scaring each other all night long. And that is what I love about the original, The Evil Dead, is that it is scary. And he was trying to be scary. And it's been said a lot you know over the years how much i dislike evil dead 2 <laughs> and it's not because evil dead 2 has the humor that it has that's not what kills it for me but what kills it for me is that juxtaposed with the first one it it just doesn't fit yeah, to the me the first one exists so, and yeah. uh, exactly and i will always lean on the side of the first one apart from that it is incredibly influential to this day there are still movies like uh may the devil take you mm -hmm. or wither yep. that are mm -hmm. straight up i mean hell wither we call swedish evil dead yeah <laughs> it's 
<laughs> it's one of the most influential films in horror. And I don't know if people realize exactly, like across the board, exactly how much people have taken from Raimi uh, as far as just the level of gore and the way that it's it displayed and the camera angles that he uses. And you can just look at that and go, well, that's Raimi. And people still are still cribbing from that. And that's not a bad thing because it's incredible. This is a game-changing film. And to this day, it holds up incredibly well. And is it cheap? Yeah, but that doesn't make it any less effective. As a matter of fact, I think it kind of lends to its effectiveness. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, how it didn't make the original to blows my mind. I don't understand how a 1981 discussion could happen and Evil Dead doesn't end up there. Like it just, and now everyone out there is going, I'm so confused. What is she doing? <laughs> but I told you this year is fucking hard. Jamie's but, making yeah. closing arguments for all these movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I like to keep people guessing. You know? <laughs> let's, let's, let, we already know that Dave loves this movie and he's given it a 10 as well. So Dave, um, you must feel conflicted as well. Well, I absolutely do love this movie. I do give it a 10. I've loved it since middle school. You know, it's and I and I prefer it to the set. I saw the second one first somehow. I don't know how that happened mm. in those in the VHS days. I don't know how, but um, it did. And then I, I loved part two. Then I saw part one, and I was like, "Whoa, okay." Now this this is my my scene. This is played straight. You have the you know the POV shots and the different shots, and it's just. It's scary. Two of spades, jack of diamonds, jack of clubs. You know, all that <laughs> yeah. shit. It's freaking, dude. I love it. I love everything about it. It's so much fun. It's it's in my top 20, maybe top 15. I'll know all that information soon. So it's way up there with me. So there's not a bad thing I can say about it. And I was, what Jamie said is what I've been thinking all this time. I was like, how the hell? When I looked and okay, what didn't make it? Well, yep. Evil Dead made, didn't make it. What did? And I looked, and I, I was a, and I do love the Beyond. It's my, oh, it's my favorite God. Fulci movie. But I was definitely surprised. Like if I was looking at that list, as you know, just someone said, okay, what are people gonna pick? I would have said American Werewolf, Evil Dead. There's yeah. no question. I don't have any illusions of, of grandeur about freaking Friday Two. I know the general, you know, the the, the horror fans and, and what they like. So it's just like, I was shocked. So it's unfortunate because I think if the Beyond didn't make it, it still wouldn't make it today. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and, and maybe, uh, you know, my movie could have slid in in that third spot. But I do love Evil Dead. There's not one negative thing I could say about it. it it's it's extremely influential. It's it's great fun. It's scary. And it's, yeah, it's the, it's the Evil Dead, man. It's a, an American classic in horror. So I love it. Nice. Right, let's go to our final one, um, which has also been represented by Jamie. <laughs> so Jamie's, like, Jamie's the, like, the, the lawyer on the other side, but she's just like, you can't do your job. I'll do your job. Um, she <laughs> just did statements for a movie. Uh, this is The Howling, directed by Joe Dante, uh, based on the novel by Gary Branner, um, and screenplay by John Sales and Terence H. Winkless, which means he can't wink. Or does it less than other people? Um, synopsis for this one is After a bizarre and nearly deadly encounter with a serial killer, 
A television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort whose residents may not be what they seem. Cast here, Dee Wallace, Patrick McNee, Dennis Duggan, Christopher Stone, Melinda Balaski. That sounds okay. Kevin McCarthy, John Carradine, uh, Slim Pickens, which is my chance for sex tonight. Uh, Dick Miller, that was a sex joke and not getting any. Uh, thanks, guys. High five. Yay. Uh, Robert Picardo and some <laughs> other folks out there, just leave me hanging, uh, which is what's happening tonight. Um, so, <laughs> it happens every time I do a long recording. Yeah, it just means everyone's upset with me. Um, Robert Picardo improvised the line I want to give you a piece of my mind before pulling the bullet from his head. So there we go. So there's a bit of improv in here. There's a bit of Joe Dante letting things happen. Uh, Rick Baker was originally going to do special effects for a movie, but he left to do An American Werewolf in London. You may have heard of it and may have already made its way through, uh, leaving the special effects job for this movie in the hands of assistant Rob Boutin. Uh, both this movie and American Werewolf were released in the same year and both received praise for their makeup work. I'm sure we're going to get to that with Jamie in a second. Uh, this is Dick Miller's favourite of all the movies he was in, and he's been in a lot of them. If you don't believe that, go check out Doug Tilly's podcast where he basically goes through all the Dick Miller movies. Uh, this was filmed in 28 days plus days of reshoots and the movie was notable for its special effects which were state of the art at this time. Because of the work on this movie, Joe Dante and Michael Finnell received the opportunity to make the movie Gremlins. You may have heard of that and also may have went through for 1984, which may have upset a lot of people as well, uh, for Steven Spielberg. That movie references the howling with the smiley faces images on the refrigerator door. Eddie Quest leaves yellow smiley face stickers as his calling card in several places throughout all this movie. Um, and James Mac. Krell's character as a news reporter Lou Landers appears in both The Howling and Gremlins which suggests that both movies share the same universe. Jamie we have a feeling we have we have this instinct amongst us collectively as a group that like this, an animal instinct? Yeah like an animal instinct. Like that, a wolf? Like a like hungry like the wolf that <laughs> um, but, but you may you may be you may be uh, the person responsible for this third pick here, and you may be pushing for this one at the end. The floor is yours. <sighs> okay. An American Werewolf in London is phenomenal. Yep, it is. I mean, they created an Academy Award for that film, and it is deserving of it. However. The Howling always seems to be overshadowed by that. And yes, the effects are phenomenal in, in Werewolf in London, but they also are here too. I mean, Rob Bottin, who would later go on to do The Thing, is not exactly a slouch. Uh, we also have a screenplay written by John Sayles, which uh, that he's just all over the place. Joe Dante does this. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Dee Wallace. And we have bipedal werewolves, which to me are about 150,000 times scarier than werewolves on four legs. Now, I will say that the werewolf in American Werewolf in London is terrifying. That is a beautiful design, and it is genuinely scary looking. But there's something otherworldly about a werewolf on two legs, because a werewolf on four legs, that's just a big dog. <laughs> But a werewolf on two legs is completely unnatural. Mm. And 
you see that coming at you and you're going to pee. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, and it looks great. This is my all time favorite werewolf design ever. I also think it's genuinely scary. We also start out in one of my favorite places ever, which is early eighties LA. And it's so grimy and seedy. And we go, we're following this news reporter through the streets of LA. And then we end up in this porn shop where she goes into the booth. I mean, it, it's, it's very much a time capsule in that respect. And I, Brian and I just recently talked about, because uh, we were talking about Vice Squad on the mm. episode that's coming out later today. And I was talking about how I love movies from the late 70s, early 80s in L.A. You know, it just the the city itself is its own character. Now, we don't spend a lot of time there in this film. We end up going to the retreat and spending the majority of our time there. But then we get John Carradine, who is he's comical in this film just because he's old and it's, it's adorable. But it, he is a horror icon. I, I just don't understand why it doesn't get the love that it deserves. And I just don't feel like it does. Mm. And Well, I'm going to answer that for you, Jamie. Keep going. Uh -huh. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> it, ah, God, I can't even, this is my all-time favorite werewolf movie. And even though, like I said, I, you know, I, I will understand if it doesn't make it. I don't expect it to. I knew I was fighting a losing battle when I came in here. But I needed to have this film recognized, at least discussed. I needed it out there because it is always pushed to the side and overshadowed. And it pisses me off because it doesn't deserve that. And you get a fucking, it's a lot, a lot of werewolves, a lot of them. You don't just get one, you get a whole colony of werewolves and they all are fantastic. And that scene where they're like scraping on the car, like try, that's nightmare fuel. This, this is fucking fantastic. So if you don't love it, I don't even, I don't understand it. I don't understand that line of thinking. And that's why I needed it to be here. And even if we don't make it out at the end, if somebody puts us down with a silver bullet, <laughs> at least I got the chance to express why I think this film is so important. There we go. Right. And there was comments coming from the side there. So Jerry Herring, you're up next. The Howling. The Howling's greatest sin is coming out in 1980. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It, it should have come out in, like, say, 1979. Because the problem is, is it had to go against the most superficial movie in the world, American <laughs> Werewolf in London. <laughs> oh, yes, people, I'm about to piss you off. <laughs> if it was not for that transformation scene, no one would be talking about American Werewolf in London. The story is not that good. The script is not that good. Werewolves should not be on four legs. That's just the truth of the matter. The Howling has some of the best designed werewolves fucking ever. Only topped, in my opinion, by dog soldiers. And that's because of the advancement of technology. It said... Yeah, okay, they're my, yeah they, you're, you're not wrong about that. They're right behind it yes, for me. It said, I agree. what yeah. if we take the estrogen-driven howling werewolves and made it all testosterone? But they're also 
homosexuals. Bam. That's what you get. Um, and, and it's, and, and the Howard has a better fucking story. That ending is one of the greatest endings to ever happen in horror. So much so that an actual news broadcast lady did the same thing. I mean, she didn't say she was a werewolf, but she said because everyone wants blood and gore, and she shot herself in the head. Mm. That fucking happened in real life. And it's basically the fucking howling, just no werewolves. I think if the howling would have came out in 1979, it would have gotten all the praise it deserved. But because it is a darker, bleak fucking movie and had to go against this, like, fucking Ray of Sunshine comedy film, (laughs) it gets fucking thrown aside. But I'm sorry, take out the transformation scene, and you basically have Clifford the Big Red Dog, the comedy. Okay? The Howling is a better movie. I'm sorry, it is. Yes, it, it... feels more like a 70s movie it's a little bit slower it kind of drags in certain areas but it's got tom motherfucking atkins oh i'm sorry does american werewolf have tom motherfucking atkins (laughs) it doesn't then shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down the howling for life jamie preach it i mean i don't know how you're gonna follow up but floor's yours mr watson Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> makes me want to go do more of the coke drugs and the cracking rocks. Uh, you could start so, by saying it's not it's not Tom Atkins, it's Christopher Stone. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, Tom Atkins plays the, the no. fucking husband. That's Christopher Stone. It's Christopher Stone. He's just like Tom Atkins, yeah. yeah but yeah. not quite. There are two Tom Atkins? <laughs> How could you not tell? <laughs> oh, no, I'm looking at this whole... Oh, You've seen oh, his naked body in Halloween 3. Yeah. Did you not notice that this was not the same naked body? Yeah. How do you... How do the you nipples are completely different. Say what? Jacked off to both of them and thought it was okay. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a fucking Kmart version of Tom motherfucking Atkins. Yeah, he's an imposter, man. Oh and my Postari. god, why did I jack off to him? <laughs> I mean, oh. never feel shameful for doing that. Never. This it is happens. almost yeah. as bad as when I thought fucking uh, Val Kilmer in Tombstone was not Val Kilmer, but I thought it was uh, fucking... Um, who? Uh, Jamie, the guy who, who played fucking Gary Oldman. I thought Gary Oldman was oh. the guy in Tombstone, and only like two years ago found out it was Val Kilmer. And I was like, oh, um, shit. That's okay. not a good enough actor to pull off this fucking role. That is Gary Oldman. And I'm still convinced it might be Gary Oldman playing Val Kilmer, playing the role. I mean, Gary Oldman is that good an actor that he could do that. So. I just recently gave Peter Stormare for playing Rasputin in, in um, the what movie. And the gold, the the gold, what's it called? The oh, the King's Man. Um, oh yeah, people went out, and I was like, "Fucking Peter Stormare is great." It's, it's not even him. <laughs> he is great though, Jamie. So you're just you're just saying, "Fuck," he is a great actor. So, well, you know what? The Howling still has Kmart Tom Atkins, and that's still better than American Werewolf in London. 
There we go. Right, Watson, <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> I like the Kmart up. Well, I did. I, I <laughs> Jerry, I made the same mistake. Uh, you know, watching this uh, a, a few years ago, where I was just like, "Wait, is that is that is that Tommy?" And then yeah, I was like, "Oh no, 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 that's not him." I, I don't actually know who the other actor is, but um, so yeah, I mean, shoot, you start talking werewolf movies, and this inevitably comes up, and with good reason. This and you know, I, Jerry, you know, you're not hot on American Werewolf in London, but I mean, they are two examples of the you know the werewolf horror done right and precious few horror movies in this subgenre approach what these two were doing in 1981 i i don't get it and jamie i think you've 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 often lamented this that like where where are all the good werewolf horror movies i i don't understand it there are a few but precious few yeah, um, how do you peak 40 years ago right i mean that that's you know? yeah that's it's not fair it's not fair i mean uh, exorcist, but yeah i do agree with the exorcist got a decade above that right yeah no kidding so. right. but it, right. it's like you said though uh, uh jerry when you brought up dog soldiers yeah those are my favorite werewolf designs too but like you said technological advancements but yeah the special effects here are legendary and i did not realize until very recently uh that rob botine was rick baker's assistant yeah yeah it was. i did not know that i don't know how that got by me but yeah and that baker yeah left to go do american werewolf it's like what the fuck i never knew that and uh yeah man i remember i just got good memories with this movie i i don't have any dislikes it's just one of those it, like, i remember my dad putting this on and even like I, I i think we had he also had the howling too and that one was less effective but effective in other ways um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just this is one of the single best of its kind. And the only complaint I have has nothing to do with the movie itself. It's just behind the scenes shit. Like these filmmakers did the actress who played Ma uh, Marsha, uh, Elizabeth Brooks. Mm. They did her dirty, man. It's not even funny. She didn't want to do the nude scenes, right? And they promised her like, okay, hey, you, the nakedness oh, yeah. is going to be obscured by obscured by fog and bonfire flames don't worry about it and well they weren't so playboy even used images from this movie without her consent and we're talking the days before the internet where you mm -hmm. know nowadays you know you can leak anybody's nudes and don't do that dudes do not leak even if your girl breaks your heart and you've got all the pictures and you could revenge porn her do not do it because Amen. then girls won't send nudes and i don't want the boys of the future not to be able to get nudes from the girls from the future we don't need that so anyway <laughs> future nudes hashtag future nudes yes yes so but anyways yeah but playboy i mean like that's how shit could get leaked it was playboy something a mainstream outlet like that that was pretty fucked up to do that to her yeah uh you know there's no shortage of actresses who are fine with nudity who work out three hours a day well, in the gym and are doubles, fine showing body it off doubles are for that's literally what body, body doubles, doubles yeah. yeah and so exploiting this young lady was just it, it always leaves a bad taste in my mouth when i i think i read that somewhere years ago and i'm always like oh but it, that doesn't detract from the movie itself this is I love it. And I'm glad it's here. And Jamie, yeah, you've you've yeah talked about this, and uh, I have nothing to add. I I, I fucking love it. Dave Z. Watson, the amazing score by Pino Dinaggio. Oh yeah, I mean we haven't even got Pino, to the score yet. Pino, right? Who is also my number one composer of all time. So mm -hmm. that that was just one thing I totally forgot to mention. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> well, I had six things here that I was just going to say, just one through six, and Pino was one of them. So nice. Although, yay, uh, Watson. Yeah, Watson just kind of broke my heart though with that what he said about Marsha because Marsha was another one of my reasons, and I love Marsha. But hearing that kind of like changes it a little bit. Mm, I know, I know. right? <laughs> because you kind of want to think that they're into it. You know what I mean? It's it's some are man, but she right, wasn't. <laughs> right. But but in my mind, all these years, you know what oh. I'm saying. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, she dug it. She had fun. She's a free spirit, whatever. Now I'm like, oh, they, they did do her dirty. Now now to look at that scene kind of sucks. Uh, mm. I'm sure I'll get over it. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, Marsha, Pino, the, the great scene with the hand when the arm gets chopped off. Amazing. Uh, that ending, the transformation, and what Jamie said earlier, which I was going to ask her about it. Multiple werewolves. Now, prior to this movie, to being the you know the resident werewolf expert, did we see the, like a clan? Oh, there's that word again. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we see a clan <laughs> of, of of werewolves? Because uh, I'm thinking about you know the wolf man. I'm thinking American Werewolf and oh, I see what you're saying, out. like solitary and, right. and other movies. I don't know actually. It's a good point. Was this the first of its kind? Or uh, yeah, I was actually. I was trying to, I was uh, trying to go through in my brain. Uh, after Maybe I said in the seventies, but I can't. I can't and think. If there is, I can't. Yeah, I can't think of think it either. Of one off the top of my head, like I really, um, uh, not that, not that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean what about that, that it's not out there. It just I'm not thinking about it. What's that guy that did all those werewolf movies in the, the, oh, the director? Ashy. Yeah, Paul Ashy. Nashy, yeah, yeah, maybe his, because they were before this, possibly. I don't remember any of his moving, movies having, like, a colony of werewolves. Yeah. Wow, well, then I'm going to give this one props, and, and I do love this movie as well. So, again, 1981 is just too damn good a year. Yeah. I mean, there's ten movies I legitimately love, at least, I think. Uh, you could just go down the... And, of course, being a slasher fan, it's the best year for slashers, yeah. too, period. Look at them. I mean, so... It's tough, but it's another movie I love. It's on the level of the other two, but damn. I, I'll say this, though, Jamie. I, I watched it a couple days ago, and it's it's throws even more now is my appreciation for it. It's another one that, that crept on me because it does have that 70s slowness to it. In the beginning, the first 15 minutes somehow never really hooked me. Um when I was younger, just the new stuff and everything. Now, you know, being older and being a more patient viewer and stuff like that and, and appreciating plot and characters more, I'm 100% into it. But I think that kind of held it back a little bit because, you know, look at the way American Werewolf begins and look at the way this this begins. It's completely opposite. And American Werewolf, you know, a different movie. I, I love that movie too. But And I love this one too. So I mean, what the hell? What a great year. What else can we... It's too bad... Oh, what a I kick in the ball. <laughs> Welcome to the on. summer season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is, like, just to kind of kind of circle out the points here, um, I, like, love Joe Dante as a director. I sometimes, I think we, we spend a lot of time talking about, like, masters of horror and masters of terror and, like, filmmakers that really did kind of shape, like, our childhood. Joe Dante shaped my childhood. Like, if you look, he has what I would class as a complete murderer's row of movies that span just over a decade from, I think, Piranhas, like, the end of the 70s, The Howling, Gremlins, Explorers, Inner Space, Suburbs, Gremlins 2, Matinee. Like, that takes you right up into, like, early 90s from, like, late 70s. And all of those movies are, are movies I love. And this is his throw it doing a horror werewolf movie. And guess what? He fucking excels at that, just like he excelled... Uh, everything else he did and it's because he came from the school of Corman like he came right to that Roger Corman school of being able to work with budgets paying attention to how to craft movies get scares and not blow the budget on things that are needless and you get it here I mean this movie didn't cost as much money as American Werewolf in London can't tell 
Um, I've, I just got it on 4K, and I've, I've watched it recently along with American Werewolf when I just got it on 4K. And, you know, both movies stand up fucking really well, and there is a disparity between the budgets that were spent on both. And I think that like, just goes to show... Like, Joe Dante as well just has an instinct for character actors. His act, the actors that he picks in this movie are just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, this like to me, very much like yourselves, if I was doing my Mount Rushmore of werewolf movies, yeah, it's on that Mount Rushmore, easily. Not even close between some of the other movies. Um, and whilst I may disagree with some of the comments from Mr. Herring about American Werewolf in London, uh, each to their own with their opinions, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worthy of conversation here for sure. The argument that is to be made, and I think... It's, Jamie kind of hit on it earlier on is do we want two werewolf movies in the top three well yes we year? want do we want yes. them though Jamie do we want them let's find <laughs> out how much we want them if we do now like I said before this is uh, <laughs> we're switching up and it's Dave Z that has double votes for this year so let's get down to the votes Dave you get to go first my friend I get a feeling I know where you're going but I need to hear you say the words what are you voting on uh, yeah, Friday the 13th Part 2. Let's do it. Come on. Two votes. Somebody. Two votes for Friday the 13th Part 2. I'm going to go to Watson. What are you going with? Oh, man. Yeah, it, it hurts to put one of the best werewolf movies against the my favorite 80s slasher against the evil fucking dead. Yeah. It ain't fair, but I know what to do. The Band-Aid, we're ripping it off. It's the evil dead. Right, so we have two for Friday the 13th Part 2. One for Evil Dead, Jamie. God. There she going? Where's right. she going? She got to talk about the movie. She did say she wanted to talk Do about you... the movie. Where's she going, though? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no representation. Do get... <laughs> Nothing. I know. But it hell? still has a chance. I'm hoping they bring it They bring it up, like, part four for 84, because that's... I hear you. That's my number one Friday, but um, uh, that that episode has actually already recorded, and I can't tell you what went through. So, <laughs> no pressure. There's pressure here. There's no pressure. Jamie, you've went very quiet. Now you're the... back. You're back. You're back. You went quiet there for a second, and now you're back. Oh, right. Go for it. What I think is the film that should be there yes uh, <laughs> for my own personal for my own personal feelings or do i go with a film that i think is i mean you, arguably like, yeah, you could let, one, let, yeah let, let's, 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 let's go this way right let's think about it this way and everyone should be thinking kind of similar on the votes what we're trying to do here is the movie we think will go through to an extent as in we'll be able to get the most votes now, you can still vote against that, yeah. but if you ultimately end up with only two votes and another movie has, like, three votes, for example, um, the pressure's on, because you either have to sway someone over to your one or realistically give it up. So, not that one. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and I am being the podcaster that I should strive to be. <laughs> would admit that... Are you still there, Jamie? But I am. <laughs> your, your microphone keeps cutting out me here. You're leaving me on tender hooks. I don't know what you right. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the last thing you heard? 
uh, you, you were like you were going to be the podcaster that you thought that you should be really? and then you were about to announce the title and then it all went silent and I was like she's fucking worse guys she's fucking worse right now she's playing my heart <laughs> no Um, no, I will, I, in all good conscience, I have to give it to the Evil Dead. Oh, two for Evil Dead, two for Friday the 13th. I think I accomplished what I set out to do here today, and that is just bring some love to the howling. But do I think that it's going to have a chance when it comes down to it? No, I don't. And the Evil Dead does belong. Right, let's go to Jerry Herring. Jerry, you've you've seen the bloodbath, you've seen the carnage, you knew it was coming, cases have been made, people have talked about movies, and now we're realistically only down to two choices. Um, so, where are you going, buddy? The choice is clear, Duncan. Um, Evil Dead. Evil Dead is sitting on three. And Friday the 13th, part two is sitting on two, which... Why did I leave myself to the end? That was a terrible idea. Ah, terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. Um, it hurts me. It hurts me more than it probably should. Evil Dead. Um, ah, yeah, Evil Dead. I hate this. And this is why I don't like doing these. And this is why we shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> and this is why you've been doing it for years. Because <laughs> you guys keep, what you guys at the end of it are all like, yeah, we should totally do this next year. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> we, should totally, <laughs> we should totally yeah, go this, through this, this all this again. Don't do yeah, this this year is legitimately painful. Legitimately painful. All three. A kick All right three. in the nuts. Yeah, the thing I, is, oh, yeah. as soon as I saw that I had two votes, I said, this is the biggest kick in the nuts, because now what's going to happen is I'm going to have two, and, I, and it's still not going to go through. I'm going to be yeah. so bummed. Yeah, oh. the, th the thing, the, the, my thought behind it, Dave, and not that I want to get, like, I think even if I side with you, we have to peel one of the other guys over for an additional vote, right. and I don't think any of them will. No so... That's me it shifting blame tactically. <laughs> it's like like a motherfucking like pro. <laughs> Matrix avoided that bullet. Um, there we go. As, as much as it pains me, arguably, and I will say this right now, probably gonna, this one will be the toughest recording out of the lot. Um, I just can't see anything being as stacked as this. And there are plenty still out there for sure. Um, joining the Beyond and American Werewolf in London at the big table, uh, for representing 1981, it will be the Evil Dead. Ladies and gentlemen, as arduous as that is, our guests will be back again tomorrow. We're doing 1991, where Jerry Herring is the man with double votes, and we only have two movies to discuss. We're going to see how that plays out when we land on that. I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, we're going to be chatting about what we just went through there, putting it in context and closing out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And 
You've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 365. And that's right, we've just put together a agonising episode for you. Three fucking super worthy contenders and only one could join the big dogs at the table. That's right, ladies and gents, the Evil Dead is making its way to the final, joining the Beyond and an American werewolf in London. I mean, it doesn't get any more agonising than that, does it, ladies and gents? And to be honest with you, it's just going to get worse as the series goes on. There's no way, there's absolutely no way to get out of this. Now, I did do the poll on the Facebook group page earlier on, and I've just checked it here right now, and once again... The listeners and the hosts are synced up like a motherfucker. The Evil Dead won with 53% and close second place with 35% was Friday the 13th Part 2 and The Howling came in last at 12%. Almost mimics exactly the order in which we dealt the, the, the content out at the end. A huge thanks to the guest hosts on this episode who will be returning for your entertainment tomorrow on the 1991 episode i'm just gonna say that not as agonizing choice of movies there not as interesting but we'll get to that tomorrow when the episode drops there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts on the stairs wherever you're listening right now subscribe that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalog of teapots content do not stop there subscribe to our sister feed the teapots collective over there you get shows like where to begin with opera omnia doing the nasty and chronicle as well Subscribing to both those feeds is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. Alternatively, if you just want to find them all on one place, one site, on the internet, then visit our website, tplatzcast.com. Links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Geoz's Shite and other regrettable outbursts, a booze-based banter entertainment podcast feature myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. We drink too much, we talk about terrible life choices and make plenty on air. Yeah, Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on teaputzcast.com. If you want to interact with us, get involved with the polls that I'm posting, tell us what you're watching, or just in general, shoot the shit on horror, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputzcast. We'll get you the podcast under the stairs. The Teaputz Collective exists on Facebook purely as a page at facebook.com forward slash teaputzcast. And if you're coming across weird news stories or you want to find weird news stories or just get involved with some mucky conversations, do it on the Jaws is Shite Facebook group page. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you hate Facebook, who can blame you? And you'd much rather interact with myself and the Baz in a medium which limits the characters you can post or only forces you to post a picture, you can interact with us on the twin prongs of social media sexness, Instagram and Twitter, both at Teapots Cast. The podcast under the stairs is coming back to do this thing all over again tomorrow with 1991. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. I was alright for a while I could smile for a while But when I saw you last night You held my hand so tight When you stopped
It's true. 